Guys, welcome to another Q&A Tuesday. As promised, I'm going to continue the show going in a podcast format. We removed it from YouTube, but I still want to answer all of your questions. And I believe this format is a bit easier to listen to via podcast anyway. And to be honest with you, I love answering questions. I love getting real questions from real people and uh, answering them in one format or the other. As long as I answer as many as I can, I feel like I'm doing my job. I felt bad when we took Q&A down from YouTube. Question number one comes from Artie, and Artie says, Roman, what are your thoughts on a new Code 1159 Turbine open work? I love skeleton watches, but something about this watch doesn't sit well with me. Well, Artie, I'm with the exact opposite opinion. I think that watch is a grail. I think this is an unbelievable watch, both from a design perspective, from a horological perspective, from the fact that Kevin Hart just posted a picture of himself wearing that watch, announcing big news coming in the watch world, which most likely means he's going to be an ambassador for the Code 1159. I was a a fan of the Code 1159, and I wasn't afraid to say it when they first came out, and everybody was trolling on them, right? Saying, oh my God, this this will never work. I think the Code 1159 is here to stay, and as long as they continue making pieces such as the 1159 Turbion Open Work, they're going to continue being successful. Good luck getting one of those. You cannot get that watch at a discount. In fact, I don't think you even get that watch at retail. It's not a watch that you can easily get. And my personal opinion is that it's an absolute unbelievable watch. So it sits well with me, Artie. I apologize. It sits well with me. I hate to disagree with you, but this watch sits really, really well with me. And I'll say further, I think it's a grail watch. Next question comes from Sill, and Sill writes, Hey, Roman, huge fan, keep killing it. My question for you is pretty straightforward. Why did Rolex Palm Dials fall flat on its face? I've seen maybe two in the wild and maybe one via the gray market. Do people just not like them, or do people just not know what to charge for them? Uh, That's actually an easy answer. Not enough have hit the market. We've sold one thus far. Actually, we sold one to our buddy Adam uh, from Mental Watches. Uh, He wanted it for himself. But one of the downsides to that watch is going to be the size. The 36 millimeter size is not for everyone. Most people out there want 40 millimeters plus today on a Rolex when it comes to men. Uh, Ladies will wear that watch. It's a good looking dial. Again, I've seen it in person. I think it's a great watch, but they didn't really fall flat on their face. Not enough have been delivered uh, onto the market for me to make that call, if you will. Uh, Or perhaps whoever gotten them at list hasn't put them out on the secondary market they're keeping it because they like them. Because in person, that dial is very, very, very striking. The only downside I can see on that watch when it comes to the male market is, again, its size. But I don't think it's, I think it's too early to judge whether or not that thing fell flat on its face. Hope that answers. And maybe in a few weeks, we'll have more information on it. Next question is coming from Tony. Roman, like you, I'm a self-made businessman. I'm looking to put 50K into some pieces as investment pieces. And yeah, I know, don't invest into watches. But if you were to spend 50K on investment pieces today, what would you be looking for? Thanks from your friend across the river. Tony, I guess you're in Jersey if you're across the river. Uh, So, Tony, look, you said it. Watches are not an investment, right? But I've always been a fan of going backwards. And I've always said, look, if you're going to put an investment portfolio together, I suggest you diversify. And part of the diversity is going to be price point, age, i.e. vintage versus non-vintage, maybe even some neo-vintage stuff. So my advice for everyone thus far has been if you want to put some watches away is to start looking at some of the neo-vintage stuff. I'm talking about stuff that's 20 years old, 25 years old, right? Obviously, Rolexes is going to be the front runner. I also suggest putting some money into vintage pieces. Go backwards. Find a nice example of a vintage watch that's complete with box and paper. Something's going to be appealing to a collector, if you will. Because if you're going to put it away for another 20, 30 years, imagine if you buy a watch that's already 30, 40 years old, you're that much ahead of the game, 
And in 30, 40 years, there'll be a lot less of them in better examples, more complete, etc. But diversity is key, right? Look at some of the neo-vintage stuff, look at some vintage stuff, look at some of the modern stuff that, that's still being produced, but you feel could be discontinued. Somebody asked me about the Milgauss the other day on one of the last Q&As. I think Logically, the Milgausses do for an update, and they may come out with a new with a new one. So maybe go out there and find one of those older green crystal Milgausses, the blue crystal, blue crystal Milgausses, and put those away, right? And put those away. But again, you never know what's going to happen in the future. Nobody has a crystal ball. The market may flip-flop. There may be pieces out there that will put others to shame, and people will forget all about the Batmans and the Pepsis and the Coast that are trading at stupid values right now, and the Sky Dwellers, when Rolos decides to come out with you know, something completely different, which most likely won't happen. And people always complain, well, Rolex just keeps making the same thing over and over and over. And, you know, they change the dial, they change the bracelet, all of a sudden it's a brand new watch. Well, there's a reason why they do that. That's why a lot of their older stuff doesn't ever go out of style. It continues holding value and continues going up in value. But last but not least, I'm going to quote myself and say, buy what you like first and foremost. It doesn't matter what you're going to put away. It still has to be appealing to you because odds are you're going to want to wear these passion assets, quote unquote. So make sure that it's something that you like as well. Uh, take one more from Paulie. And Paulie writes, Roman, I'm going to make this very short. Do you think the Aquanuts are going to be the next Nautilus price-wise, Paulie? No. The reason the Aquanuts have gone up in price so tremendously because most will say that the Aquanuts is the next best thing to a Nautilus, right? Nautilus has been number one, and Aquanuts slowly but surely became number two. If you go back before any hype markets, go back 15 years or 20 years, when I first started, you couldn't give away an Aquanaut. They were not considered very attractive watches, but at the same token, you couldn't really give away a Nautilus. But Nautiluses were still the front runner. Why? Because they were the first luxury paddock watch made by Gerald Genta, so they always kind of been more popular. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure what it's going to take for the Aquanaut to outdo the Nautilus. Um, odds are it will never happen. It will always sort of be that second best, right? Rolex, you have the number one selling piece in the world, which is the Daytona. And people thought, oh my God, the Skydweller is going to overtake the Daytona. Well, it didn't, right? And it won't. Once you're number one in the watch world, it's not like sports. You tend to stay there and it's extremely hard to knock off number one selling model with a number two selling model in the case of the paddock. The prices are going to continue climbing, yes, and they have been climbing. Some of the Nautiluses are trading at ridiculous numbers, right? But again, it's still that second best. I shouldn't say second best because that kind of labels it as, as a one watch is worse than the other. Uh, second most popular, if you will, right? So, and again, in the watch world, it's not like sports. It's not like it's not like sports. It's not like Hollywood. It's once you get to that number one slot and you have proven history over the years, I mean, dating back to 1973, if you think about it, right, when I came out later, it's very hard to get knocked off place number one. Prices will climb, uh, but they're never going to be a Nautilus. There's no such thing as next Daytona, next Nautilus. Number one stays number one and number two stays number two, but the prices do climb and the popularity does climb just the same. Paulie, hope that answers your question, guys. That's it for me for today. I appreciate you guys tuning in. As usual, email all your questions to romansharf at luxurybazaar.com. These episodes would not be possible if you guys don't continue asking questions. And I'll see you guys next Tuesday. Thank you very much for tuning in.